The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And next, we're brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports simplified. Head on over to PrizePix.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. And next, we're brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io. That's S-O-Bet.io. And finally, we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that allows you to sync your fantasy football league and bet on head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head on over to BetterFantasy.com slash S-G-P-N. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy.com slash S-G-P-N. And while you're downloading apps, don't forget to download the SGPN app because it's your home for all of our free picks, podcasts, and oh so much more. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Hi-yo, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Made it up to episode 93. We'll dedicate to 1993, a great year to start university. That that can't be right, though. There's no way someone is old enough to start university when his associate co-host was only four years old. That can't be right. So I don't uh, – I'm, I'm going to scratch that. Uh, let's dedicate this to all you Americans celebrating Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, and I'm thankful that you're listening to us, I guess is what I'm thankful for. But we had our Thanksgiving in Canada, the proper month, which is October. So anyhow, enjoy your turkey and shooting guns and whatever else you guys do. Watch football. Football, that's what you do, football. Um, but we're not talking about that. We're uh, Who knows what we're talking about today? This is one of those odd weeks where the UFC does not have an event. Actually, no one of note has an event. Um, I tried to wrangle my uh, co-host into talking about 1FC and Ryzen, but he refused. So It's we'll, so we'll bad this if, week. <laughs> see, it gets so bad this week. So well, we're going to have fun, though, because Superfan Jong says he's looking forward to the podcast today. So I don't know what he's expecting, but, um, yeah, well, we should have had him on. Maybe he has ideas. He's given us a few ideas, as he usually does. But let's, uh, let's kick things off. Thank you once again for listening. And if you aren't subscribed yet, please subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast our direct feed, um, then you can get us in your ear holes or wherever you stick your podcasts. Um, you can get it earlier than the SGPN feed. And that is, as we've said in the past, that is a, an important thing because betting lines seem to change very, very quickly after we drop our podcast. It's probably coincidental, but hey, who knows? Maybe we're big shots. Who knows? We are top 50 in Spain now, so who knows? Um, but yeah, you're going to want to get on our main feed so you can get the podcast right away. All right, now to the associate co-host of Note, who was four years old when someone started university. Um, what else can I tell you about him? Um, he's an American, so he happy Thanksgiving to him. Um, his son pretends to do podcasts with me, which is cute. Um, and he actually knows my name. Well, my associate co-host goes through a bunch of names before he gets to the correct name for me. 
Um, I am Juicy Jeff Fox, in case I didn't mention that before. Um, we, we call this guy the Danimal. I called him Dano last week. Um, you may know him as Gumby. His name is Daniel Vreeland. Hello. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? Any uh, has your, did your son do anything else cute involving I mean, he me? Does, he does cute things every day, but not none involving you since we last spoke. Okay. Uh, you know, he he occasionally busts out. I know I mentioned this to you via email, but he occasionally busts out a pretty good Bruce Buffer impression. Um, really? Although he doesn't say any words in the like full introduction of a a fictional fighter until he gets to. Um, the very last word, and then it's either like pointing at a stuffed animal that he has a name for, or pointing at me, and then he says "daddy" or something like that. Um, nice. Yeah, and it's pretty routine sounding. It sounds the same every time, but uh, there, there aren't words. <laughs> Is he nice to his fans? Because I've heard stories about the real Bruce Buffer. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll actually. Sh- I don't mind sharing this one on the air. Do it. All right, Bruce, let's do it. So Bruce Buffer was a dick to me one time. Um, so, yeah, I uh, before I was, like, really a media member, I think I had probably started writing for you, like, like maybe a tiny bit. Maybe, like, I, I was writing, like, an article or two for you once in a while, um, but not very much. So I was, like, casually writing, making no money, but, like, thought I wanted to get into MMA writing. And, uh, and the Fan Expo came to uh, Boston, Massachusetts, which is a little ways away from me, but close enough for me to travel. Um, I went to my first live UFC event then, which was uh, BJ Penn versus Frankie Edgar, too. Uh, and while I was at the Fan Expo, you, like, meet a whole bunch of fighters, and sometimes they're, like, you know, very friendly, and sometimes they're not very friendly, and some want, are, are willing to stop and take pictures with you. Other ones, you know, like, kind of don't want to be as bothered all that much unless they're, like, in front of a sponsored table, and then they're willing to take pictures with you. And, you know, like, so I met a whole bunch of fighters and stuff. Me and my brother go walking by Bruce Buffer, and we didn't want a picture with Bruce Buffer. I don't, I, you know, he's a ring announcer. That wasn't exciting to me. You know, I had just met, I mean, I'd, I'd met Randy Couture that day, and I had met Roy Nelson, who I used to be a huge fan of, and, you know, some of my other WEC idols that I was a big fan of at the time. I met Clay Guida, which was cool, in, uh, especially when you're a fan. Now I, I've interviewed most of these guys that I've mentioned. So, um, you know, I, I walked by Bruce Buffer, and we didn't even want a picture with him. We didn't want to bother him or anything. And we just said, hey, Bruce Buffer, and just like a casual point like that. And he said, not now, kids. I'm fucking busy. Uh, which, first of all, is funny on about seven different terms. Because, like, you're, you're Bruce Buffer at a fan expo. I know you're busy. Like, it's your job to be here, most likely. Uh, and second of all, we were, like, 22 and 23 or something like that in terms of age. So, like, we weren't kids like it wasn't like we were like 10 year olds or something like that but uh yeah like didn't even want to do anything except for maybe wave at him and he was very much not having it so uh yeah i've, I've always been a big joe martinez fan <laughs> he, he must have known you weren't you weren't gonna drop 50 bucks on a photo and autograph uh, on him <laughs> yeah. so he did not have time for you yeah that's that sort of that's sort of the vibe he gave me i, yeah. I haven't had too many people in the mma world give me like a uh you know, give me a bad vibe, but he's one of the few that did. No. Yeah, there's not not many that do. Did uh, Anthony Rocco Martin ever give you a bad vibe? Ooh, God, I knew you, you were going to bring him, up, right? I knew you were going to bring up Anthony Rocco Martin. Yeah, I've actually interviewed him like two or three times. He's like, he seemed like a good dude, funny guy. No, um, he's... I will tell you, I did hmm. the most awkward thing I've ever done interviewing him, which I guess I feel okay revealing now, um, seeing as he 
the Piana Casino floor. Is that what I'm reading? It, 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 yeah, Casino Hallway. So maybe that's better. And then yeah, I guess punch, better than the floor. And then I think you throw punched a security guard, which is yeah, so basically right. uh, it was what Conor McGregor calls Tuesday. But anyhow, <laughs> didn't, shh. His, um, his mugshot didn't look good. He looks like yeah, he's not he, doing well. No, he doesn't. And I don't. Like people were, I saw people were making comments like, "Oh, you're supposed to beat up your fiance if you're at a casino," but I'm like, "You guys must not realize who he was dating. I don't think he is anymore." But uh, yeah, well, Kayla, Kayla Harrison. Kayla Harris, he's not. He's yeah. not punching her. So that that's the awkward thing. It's so you know, I said the most awkward moment of me yep. interviewing anybody ever was when I interviewed Anthony Martin, and I talked to him. For like 10 to 15 minutes, you know, standard length of an interview. Um, and, you know, we we went over the questions about, like, whoever he was fighting at the time. Uh, and then I, I asked him a few questions about what it was like for him to be dating Kayla Harrison, who was getting all this publicity. And obviously she had started MMA after him. And, you know, which of you two is more competitive or, you know, like, those just general, like, when they're a super couple in the MMA world questions that you throw in there. You know, like you'd, you'd ask the same questions if you were interviewing Nina Nunez or you'd ask those same questions if you were interviewing, you know, Tisha Torres or something like that about, you know, Raquel Pennington or, or Amanda Nunez. So I, I asked him those questions. Interview ended perfectly nice. Posted the interview, uh, you know, wrote up a little blurb, you know, got up there and I, I did a Twitter post being like he answered some really nice questions about, you know, him and Kayla. And somebody DM me. I wish I could remember who the hell it was, but perhaps if you're listening by some chance, uh, I'll give you your props after the fact. Everyone's listening, Dan. But uh, yeah, everybody listens. But somebody DM'd me uh, like, "Hey, you know they broke up like two weeks ago. He's kept it kind of hush hush, but they they are no longer together. She like wiped him off of her Instagram. He hasn't done the same with her or something like that." And so I, I frantically open up Instagram and, and, like, scanning through to see a picture of him on hers. And sure enough, she had, like, gotten rid of any picture of them together. I, like, opened his up, which I had checked beforehand because, I you know, I do my background research before I do an interview. And, of course, there's still some pictures up. So, I, you know, like, I was like, oh, shit. And, like, so he just, like, awkwardly answered questions, which, I, I mean, I guess if he didn't want to talk about it, that's the way to handle it. But I felt like such yeah. an asshole afterwards because, like, I mean, there's no way I could know, but, like, that can't possibly feel good. So, uh, yeah, it's my most awkward moment uh, interviewing ever. And you are an asshole, so it's perfect. That yeah, you there that you go. Way, finally. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, there you go. So that's, that's pretty much what you're going to get. This, uh, there, There's some good stories right away. He's kind of – he's like um, – when you told the story about your son, it reminds me, like, just like his dad. Like, you said, like, he, he said to his mom, I'm, I'm uh, talking MMA with Jeff, and then he babbled for, like – three minutes <laughs> it, it, incoherently and no one else spoke and like wow that's apple doesn't fall far from the tree does it no 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 he's got it down <laughs> he, he's pretty much doing what i do yeah he, he can step in at any point um all right we will i guess we i was gonna say well, we will talk mma but we just did talk mma actually they were mma adjacent stories um superfan jong wants to know um Going back to the last podcast, do you still have your your uh, VHS tapes that you the four VHS tapes that you had in uh, university? Oh, that's a that's a great question. Also, I love the way you say at university because that's at the, university. It's most like the most Canadian sounding thing. Really? Uh, yeah, Americans say like when I was in college. Oh, um, really? Or we call I, it university too. We don't college is community college here. University it's, it's is funny because even if you're at a university, you say when I was in college. Um, you don't say in university. Uh, university is like a very 
uh, I think Canadian slash European thing to say. Uh, yeah, we just say Sorry. we say in college whether you're going to the local JUCO or you're going to like you know Boston College or you're going to uh, UMass. UMass. Yeah, you'd say in college. When I was in college, um, I actually went to a college, um, but it was a. So we have you don't have colleges up there that are not community colleges. Yeah, they're they're no. They're basically, universities or community colleges basically is what they are, and oh, totally so- separate, like different. Sports so we, leagues and all that. So we stuff have too. we have like community colleges, but then we have yeah. colleges, which I think the only distinction between like colleges and universities is that like universities have like law schools and med schools built into them, where colleges are still four year degrees, but not necessarily you can't get those specific ones. Yeah, you um, don't you don't get degrees at colleges here. I think you get diplomas or whatever, but you don't get degrees. So weird. Yeah, and, yeah. and we have we have those types of community colleges too, but we don't have. Yeah. Uh, they don't. They don't play in the same leagues as like. But like Boston College plays in the same uh, conferences like other ACC schools, like Duke University. Yeah. So we at universities yeah. and colleges playing against each other. Weird. Yep. Um, so you learn something new every day. Um, anyway, do. yes. Um, I believe they are now because I've moved uh, at least twice since I was living in that um, apartment. At college. Uh, I, uh, so th- those were both at college and uh, my first apartment right after college. Uh, as a matter of fact, most of the watches were my first apartment after college um, because I don't think I had any college roommates who would have tolerated me watching those four VHSs that many times. Um, but when I had my apartment afterwards, they were there for a while. And then I think when I moved, I moved a bunch of the stuff that I don't use anymore into my parents' basement so that I did not have to continue to travel with them. Um, my mom keeps dumping stuff that she has in my basement off at my house. She <laughs> yep. doesn't have to deal with it anymore. I'm at that age now, uh, yep. where she's not keeping anything that she thinks is cute or anything like that. She just dumps it at my house. I'm literally looking at two boxes right now that have like, you know, like weird albums of baseball cards and like plaques with my name on them from like winning like soccer championships when I was like 14. Um, so like, She's getting rid of everything. One of these boxes might have those four VHSs, but they exist oh. somewhere. Um, I'm sure John would pay you big bucks for it if you autographed them, for sure. <laughs> I guarantee um, I, it. I don't. I think I would part with just about all of them except for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That one. Oh, of course. That one. Wow. That one got me through. So, uh, <laughs> like, I, I think you could have the rest of them. Oh, exciting! Um, so that was one of our hard hitting questions that we got. Um, I forgot. My wife asked a question a while back, and I we haven't had a dead week. Uh, to talk about it, uh, it was a two-part question. Um, first part was, is Dan your friend? Second part is, does he actually like you? <laughs> yeah. so, like, tells you a lot about me and my relationship, but yeah, that, that they were her questions. Yeah, I assume in order to talk to somebody for two hours a week nonstop, for, we're moving in on a year, by the way. Uh, yeah, I think next month is a year we've been doing this podcast. I think in order to talk to somebody for two hours a week nonstop for a year – I think you would have to be their friend, not to mention, like, we've now known each other, at least internet known each other for 10 years, um, nonstop. I'd say yes to friends, uh, and definitely yes to like you. I would not oh, be able, I would not be able to do a podcast with somebody who I detest. You sure? Uh, yeah, I <laughs> set a stab at shockwave. I'm joking. I'm joking. Shockwave. I'm joking. I like, I like you don't listen anyway. I, I used to. You know, I don't think you listen to our podcast that we do. Um, <laughs> to be fair, like I don't really listen to this one either. It makes me uncomfortable to hear my own voice. Um. So, uh, yeah. Like I, I think, uh, I think the answers are yes to both of those. So your yes. your wife can rest easy knowing that you have a friend. 
I also think I, she, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if she I, wanted me to have one or not, but I I can throw it in her face. So. <laughs> So, so next time they're like, you don't even have any friends. I can be like, oh yeah. Next time my son pulls yeah, that out, I'm like, oh, yeah. not your friend. Yeah, he's my exactly. friend. <laughs> His kid even pretends to play with me sometimes. So it's <laughs> cool. There you go. All right, well, we have some real topics that we actually may. I, I think people probably enjoy this more than our real topics, but who knows? Um, at least John does. That's for sure. Um, oh, the other, the other um, question was they wanted um, what would happen if you and I fought, and they're like, and like the. Why oh, yeah, one of my Canadian, one of my Canadian brethren, they gave me, put me at like minus five thousand. Like you've forgot some things here. Dan's almost as big as me. He's fifteen years younger, and he's got like uh, almost a brown belt. And I don't fight, so I'm pretty sure um, you can get the plus money on on Gumby and go right ahead, grab it. Yeah, I- I've done jujitsu for ten and a half years, almost eleven years now. Actually, no, eleven, almost twelve years now. Uh, so, yeah, and I've, like, competed re- – I used to compete regularly, but I don't anymore. But, yeah, like, you, you said you're – what are you, 6'5", six, 6'6"? Six, six? Yeah, 6'6", six, six, yeah. Yeah, so you got three, three, three inches of height on me. Um, yeah. yeah, so, so that's, it's not even a huge size discrepancy. And no. like you said, when we're breaking down fights, the uh, you, you always pick the fighter who's 15 years younger. Exactly, man, <laughs> exactly. But, I, I, like I said, the only – my only hope would be, like, you're, for some reason, nice – like uh, like you let me mislabel one of your podcasts for a whole year almost, and me. so I, I'm thinking like you, you you may take it easy on me, and then I can like cheap shot you or something. But the and, but the, ge- the, the thing about jujitsu, which is is brilliant about, it, is the gentle art. Is I could just yeah. Damien Maya you like true. Damien, Damien Maya no gets hurt. He doesn't even punch anybody. Nobody gets hurt, and then yep. he wins. Uh, very very true. Yeah, that that's kind of my style anyway. <laughs> There, so there you go. Yeah. So if you can get some money on Dan, go right ahead. But I think we'd be better suited for like a, maybe a tag team, uh, like like they do in Europe or, or Russia or wherever they have those crazy uh, two on two fights. Do, <laughs> do you watch? Did you do you watch that fight circus thing at all? Oh that no! Was on two weeks ago? Uh, I know it's madness. It I got, clips it got it, covered but. by a guy who I do some work on for or work with on another site, uh, or at least we both work for the same other site. So he's in my feed all the time. Um, yeah. And, and I, I saw he was there at the event and, and really taking pictures and like yeah it was media for it. There were like I think there were like three media people total and he was one of them. So like and he it, like some of the stuff he showed was crazy. Um, my my favorite was the uh, the Siamese twin Muay Thai yes. fight, which yes. they had to wear the same shirt uh, and yep. could only use one of their hands, uh, which was man, dude, that is some weird stuff. I know. Uh, I, I get what they're doing, and and hey, if there's an audience for it, it's not me, uh, but I'm happy for them. <laughs> and like Siamese twins, not even the correct term anymore. People, they're so like behind the times. And, the conjoint, uh, conjoined, conjoined twins. twins. I know, but they they didn't call it that. Um, and then what? Will Chope was in the main event too against one. Did you see yeah, that? The last one. Done that two or three times. Right? <laughs> it was like he two was little like. Pro- yeah. perfect moment right yeah he, he fought two little like kickboxing type guys and he just ended up choking the one guy out immediately so uh <laughs> but yeah that's <laughs> one on one was it like an elimination style or after he got no no it was just whoever and then i saw one where guys were in opposite corners they had to put their head on baseball bat and spin around for about a oh, minute oh yeah, yeah and then they, they then they had a fight like did you yeah yeah, and then they had a fight being dizzy. So yeah, it's. You know, I wonder if you can bet on that stuff. Is, is where I'm getting at. Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine. Also, I looked up while we were just talking Will Choke's uh, UFC yep. record. He had one fight in the UFC. Did you know that? 
Really? He I thought he was on longer. He went 0-1 and, and was released. Uh, he lost to Max Holloway. <laughs> Who? Who? Well, that's why I know. That's why I know Will Chope's name. That, that, yeah, he uh, fought thinking, Max. Why do I know that guy? If he fought, fought Max Holloway. Yeah. Didn't look good, and they were like, "Oh, this guy can't be anything." Was that Holloway's debut or not? Um, hang on. It may have been. Uh, to Google. Um, Max Blessed Holloway. It might. That was a long time ago. Yeah. You mean Jerome Holloway? Whatever happened to him? Let's see. No, Max Holloway's debut came against Dustin Poirier. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever which happened is, to those guys? Which is wild. And then he beat Pat Schilling, Justin Lawrence, Leonard Garcia. Then he fought Dennis Bermudez and Conor McGregor. And then fought yeah. Will Chope. Who? <laughs> Bunch of nobodies. I was at the Conor McGregor fight. Really? Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Was, That's before he was... Fight. Uh, yeah, although I told my brother that wait until you see this amazing kickboxer here. He's about to torch this Max uh, Holloway kid. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you remember that fight. He blew his knee out in the first round yep. and actually re- out-wrestled Max Holloway for 15 yep. minutes. Real boring. But, my brother called me a liar. <laughs> but, hey, uh, did you hear it? Connor's coming back, and he's fighting for the lightweight belt, he says. That's, first, what he, that's, what he, that's what he says. And who's to say that wouldn't happen, too? And I, Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier, if he wins the lightweight belt, he's moving up to a welterweight. Boy, it's great. Lightweight's going to be a mess again, apparently. I don't know that that would happen. I, I think if he wins, I think he will fight. I think he'll fight Gagey. Yeah, I, that's I think I think they'll sweeten the deal and let him fight Gagey. Yep, that's true. All right, um, let me tell you about a couple of our sponsors, and maybe we'll get into a couple of our plan segments, or or we can just talk which is fine also. WinBet, ready to win money and boost your odds. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports. Betting and casino play, exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, hooray, WNBA, college football, and more. They got bonuses that Dan always gives you winners for. New users can bet a dollar and win $100 in any sport, plus you, capital Y, which means you, can get up to $1,500 as a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of 20 bucks or more. Whatever your wage, first wager is, WinBet will match it 200%. So if you're not good at math, that would be $100 bet. They'll give you $200 free. Pretty nice. Uh, max wager for the matching thing is 750 bucks, so they'll give you 1500 Now, did your last – I'm trying to think. Who you, it you did not. Bulls it, went, no. it went very badly. Like, yes. very – Was it the like, Bulls again? Yeah. I took the Bulls to beat the Pacers, and the Pacers, like, right, looked yeah, like Pacers world beaters for a minute. Yeah, uh, which, I, I would just shy away from any bets involving the Pacers because re- they're really – it's what hard to tell doing? what they are. I, I yeah. don't know what they are. Um, yeah, so instead of that, uh, I'm going to take – um, I'm going to take Mem- the Memphis Grizzlies at home against Toronto on Friday. Um, and the reason I like Memphis in that one is um, – wait, hang on a second. Did I get that, that matchup right? No, I got their Wednesday matchup. Sorry, I meant to pick them against the Hawks on Friday, rather. They're, That's um, yeah, they're, they're only two-point favorites at home, uh, but they've looked pretty good as of late. Uh, and they're going to get to beat up the Rockets this week. So uh, since they beat up the Rockets, they'll pretty much be all nice and rested um, and ready to beat the hell out of the Hawks on Friday. There you go. Use your free money from WinBet on that right there. Uh, great promos. Odds and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. For boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. 
And while you're on the interwebs, make sure you also go over to PropSwap because we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. PropSwap always has the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a bet you like but think the price is too high, submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will double it up to 500 bucks. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right. Any other – I don't think there's any other really news items. Matt Brown's got COVID, even though it's over in the States. He got it somehow, so he's out of, he's out of his fight. Since we started recording, speaking of arrests, uh, oh. Louis, Louis Violent Bob Ross Pena was arrested again. Oh, no. Yeah, that that yeah, just he, got announced. Yes. Uh, I was looking for details on Anthony Rocco Martin, and his popped up, and I was like, oh, that's an old article, and it wasn't. It was posted uh, like 30 seconds before I clicked on it, and I was like, oh, wow. That's, for now. That's three in a row uh, for him, um, which – What for now? Um, hang on. I think it was battery again. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it was domestic or just assault and battery, but like at this point, I'm not even sure it matters. That's three in a row. Like he's been arrested three times in like a month. Now, what comes first with these things? Do you think do fight? Does the sport make these people? uh, Some of these people, I'm not going to say everybody does the sport make them wild outside because they're, because their brains are getting jolted around or it doesn't take a wild person to get into MMA and this is just part for the course. What do you say, I, Dan? Controversial I, I, takes here. I think, uh, yeah, this is a really tough question because first of all, <laughs> I, I think I think it's like a, a problem of like stuff being highlighted in the first place, right? Like yeah. we're talking about Anthony Rocco Martin and Luis Pena, uh, neither of which are even in the UFC anymore at the highest level. Yeah. And like, you know, when you throw John Jones in there, who is one of the the high profile guys, if you took a percentage of people who are in the UFC with like these issues and stuff like that, yeah. I, I almost think it would probably be the same as like the percentage of civilians. And, and again, I, I would have to crunch numbers and think about that, but like, if not the number of civilians, probably the same or like a lower number than pro football or I mean, pro baseball saw two or three guys get arrested this yeah. year for domestic violence and, you know, Marcelo Zuna didn't play a uh, game after he hurt his finger because he had been out on a domestic violence arrest. So, like, like I, I think it's hard to say that, like, oh, they're getting hit in the head, so this is happening. Like, it, yeah. it happens to an outfielder on the Braves, too. Like, that's that's not um, – and, and, again, I, I think we just – you know, it's obviously what's in the headlines, so we see it. But, yeah, I, I don't think it's – I don't think it's disproportionate, uh, at least as far as, like, you know, athletes are concerned. That's true. A lot of things do not go. A lot of athletes have a lot of issues once they are done with their sports. So, um, and the stuff we're talking about are guys who have are out of the UFC now, and or the last couple uh, guys we're talking about are guys who are out of the UFC. And it's probably not fun being out of the spotlight, not making as much money, and and thinking your career is over. So, anyhow, hopefully people start behaving themselves. Um, all right, one of the topics I thought we kind of hit on it a few weeks ago, but we've had a lot of female fighters fighting recently in bel- uh, headlining fights, not just um, fighting. Like we had Cyborg, we had uh, Misha Tate this past week. Uh, I thought, why not we do, why don't we do a list of the best female fighters of all time? Um, 
nothing official, just, you know, break it down quickly um, and then uh, see if we have any, you know, any uh, discrepancies or anything on our list. Um, I think number one, it's pretty easy. We're both going to say Amanda Nunes, obviously, is the greatest of all time, correct? Yeah, I, I would. Yeah. I don't think there's any argument. And, and like, no. the, for the people who, who who try to discredit, you know, what she's done in comparison, to, you, you can pick pretty much any other woman you want to compare it to, or whether it be, uh, well, I guess I probably shouldn't go around mentioning names as we, you know, look to construct the rest of this list. But, like, she beat anybody who you would consider the best ever. Like, she beat them all. She, she beat yep. She beat yep. beat and knocked out all of them. She beat knocked out Cyborg. She beat yep. knocked out Misha Tate. She beat knocked out uh, Holly Holm. She beat Holly Holm twice, right? Am I remembering that right? Uh, just once. Just once. Okay, so she beat knocked out Holly Holm once. She beat knocked out Ronda Rousey. Like she 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 just beat everybody who you could be and argue is better than her. Uh, she she beat uh Valentina Shevchenko twice. So like, yep. Wh- where at, at what point in time? Can you point to anybody else and say like this person is better? I, I just don't think you can. So no. yeah, like she she's one and two is not close. Yeah. She is twenty one four as a pro. Um she's currently the women's UFC women's bandweight champion. She's defended that title five times already. Uh featherweight champion, which she's defended two times already. Um yeah, and she's uh, just a slew of, of people who she's beaten. Uh, she's not lost since September 27, 2014, where she got TKO'd by Kat Zingano. Uh, she lost to Sarah, Sarah Dalio. Dal, is that how you say her name? D-A-L-L. So she could be the greatest of all time because she beat Nunes. Nunes was deducted a point for an upkick. So she lost her in 2013. She lost to Alexis Davis in 2011 in her bantamweight debut and she lost her pro debut uh to anna maria and that's it so pretty like you're not going to get out of the sport without a loss so no shame in that especially considering she was obviously not in her prime yet since her last loss was seven years ago and like dan mentioned she's beaten everyone they put in front of her uh she's beaten two olympic gold olympic medalists and sarah mcmahon and ronda rousey she's beaten three strike force champions misha tate ronda rousey chris cyborg She's beaten three Invicta champs, Cyborg, Felicia Spencer, Megan Anderson. She's beaten two Bellator champs, Julia Budd, Chris Cyborg. It's, you know, pretty much. Um, and she's uh, defeated every woman who's ever held a uh, UFC bantamweight or featherweight championship gold. She's beaten every one of those. So I, like Dan said, it's not not even close. Uh, and I don't think she's really – she's 33. I don't see her slowing down anytime soon. No, I I don't either. Like, I I think she's gonna walk away before we see her get beat again. Yeah. I truly yeah, do that. I, I see no got, challenges for her. Yeah, and, and I don't I don't know how like married to the game she is, uh, and like like couldn't walk away and stuff like that. But like, right. I, I mean, like at this point in time, like she is kind of in a position where like, what what is there? You know, what is there yep. for her? Um, so yeah, uh. Yeah, she's up there for me, um, and yep. it's not close. <laughs> and we'll get to see her again in a few weeks, which is good, before the year uh, closes, all things going correctly. Um, I think second, we'll probably agree on second, Chris Cyborg. I, no, I'm not going to. No? Nope. No. Uh, really? I thought you were going to say this, and I was ready for the argument already. Okay. With it. Um, are you saying Shevchenko? It's got to be Valentina Shevchenko. Okay. And I'm, I'm not even a Valentina Shevchenko fan, but, like, 
so for me, when you're talking about the greatest ever, you have to talk about uh, what it is they've done and what it is they've accomplished, what their resume looks like and stuff like that. And for me, like, uh, you know, tell me, so both, both Chris Cyborg and Valentina Shevchenko have lost to, to Amanda Nunes. Um, and, and you could throw the method out the window because one of them's lost to her twice by decision and one of her lost to her by knockout quick. And I don't, I don't know what your preference is there, but I, I don't think there's a huge difference. Both of them have also beat Holly Holm. Okay, so both, both of them, their best win is definitely Holly Holm. What is the second best win on Cyborg's resume? Mm, I don't have it in front of me, but I can get it in front of me. Um, do, do you think Shevchenko's best, second best is Holly Holm? I, I mean, like, here's the thing. I I'm use the it. Holly Holm example that we can just, like, yeah. take Holly Holm off the board for both of them. Because okay, I, yeah, I, I got you. I don't, even, I, don't even, I don't even think that that's her best win. Is, is, but that's a whole other argument. But, like, if you take both of those off, because they both got it, yep. what else does Cyborg have that, that Valentina Shevchenko doesn't? What is on yeah, Cyborg's Shev- record? She's got wins over Leslie Smith twice. She's got wins over... Tonya Evinger or Lena Landsberg or Yana Kunitskaya, um, you know, depending on how you feel about Julia Budd, like I guess Julia Budd could be up there, you know, like, but like uh, Marlowe's Conan sort of maybe, uh, you know, that that's like an eight-year-old win at this point, but like, yeah, maybe yeah. Marlowe's Conan, she beat her twice. You know, do you want to go 11 or 12 years ago and say Gina Carano, but like, if anybody thought Ronda Rousey was a flash in the pan, I, I think Gina Carano has got more exposed than Ronda Rousey even did. Um, yeah. So, like, for me, there's just not a lot to, to Cyborg's resume. And, you know, like, we, we talked about when she went to Bellator, you know, this is going to hurt her legacy or whatever. I don't think it hurt her legacy. She's amazing. But, like, you just don't rack up the type of wins that you get in the UFC by going no. over to Bellator. You, you fight – uh, you know, Ariane Blenko or, or you fight, you know, Faith Van Doon or like you, you fight women like that. Whereas here we've got down to Shevchenko is beating the likes of, you know, Liz Carmouche, Jessica Andrade, Joanna Janjacek, you know, like she's pulverizing Jessica I. She beat the hell out of Juliana Pena, you know, Sarah Kaufman, who we talked about being like a low key, you know, legend of the sport one time, you know, like, She's got wins over all of those women in, like, violently, too, right? Like, she beat the hell out of Ch- Caitlin Chokagian, who, regardless of how you feel about her, you know, giving us a Kia every single time she throws a punch, she is one of the best flyweight women in the world. And I don't know that we say that about, you know, do, do you feel like Caitlin Chokagian at size parity would beat the hell out of Ariane Buenco? Like, I do. Like, I think she's a much better striker than her, and she's got decent jujitsu skills, too. Or, you know, like Jessica Andrade is an absolute beast and got knocked out by, by Valentina Shevchenko. And, again, I am the type of person who who thinks that Valentina Shevchenko is not my favorite fighter to watch. I don't find her very entertaining at all. And at the same time, I think, like, you have to say she's the second best ever. Yeah, doing doing all your damage – in the UFC does uh, should count for for something for sure. Um, looking at Bell, uh, looking at Cyborg's resume, Bellator champ obviously currently three successful title defenses. UFC women's featherweight champ, two successful defenses there. Um, How'd she forth. win that title? Let's let's talk yeah. <laughs> about that title for a second. How'd she how'd she win the UFC featherweight title? It, I can't remember. You tell me. I, I believe what happened was is that. Uh, Somebody else won the women's featherweight championship, 
And oh yeah, I didn't want to fight her. And didn't want to fight her. And they were like, "That's cool. We'll just rather than being like Jermaine Durand to me, you have to fight her." Um, which, by the way, is a huge knock on Jermaine Durand to me at this point for me. Like, like I, I get that she tested positive for steroids once. You, you're going to have a tough time going through a division and not catching one or two people who have tested positive or will test for po- positive for steroids in the future. Um, you know, I, I can go up and down the UFC's rankings right now and find somebody in every division. So, um, like, so they decided it didn't work out. Do you remember who she fought to get the title? Tonya Evinger. Tonya oh, yes, yes. Like, yes. like, dude, like. And I love Tonya Eppinger. I've interviewed her. She's, like, one of the nicest people on the planet. But, like, um, and she's hilarious. But, like, Eppinger never won in the UFC. Never once won a UFC fight. Uh, but fought for the title. Like, that, that's and that's who Cyborg beat. And, yes, she outpointed Holly Holm second, which is worth something. She beat Yana Kunitskaya after that, who was very undersized for 135 pounds, but that's it. She's got a defense against Holly Holm and Yana Kunitskaya. Okay, so... I like that that she's got that title, but, like, you know, it is what it is. Also, like, again, not not to to make fun of her her Invicta run either, but, like, the Invicta run, with the exception of beating Marlos Conan, is not real impressive either. Yeah. All right, so I, I think I think you got me sold. Shevchenko, number two, Cyborg third at the very least. Yeah, I, I think we could put her at third. Like, okay, uh, I would probably argue. Like, I I'd, I'd get into an argument about whether or not Holly Holm is started to put together enough. Um, but the fact that she's got the head to head loss doesn't look good. She also did lose to Jermaine Durandamy. Whether or not you agree with either that decision or anything yeah. else. Um, obviously, the Misha Tate loss doesn't look good in retrospect uh, either. So, um, And, of course, she's got the, the Ronda Rousey win. But, yeah, like, I think Holly Holm is probably close to Cyborg. But, like, I would put I would put Cyborg 3, Holm 4. So you would put uh, you would put Holm, um, her, you put her resume above Rousey's, would you? I think so, but only because... Uh, again, like if we're going back and looking at the names on Ronda Rousey's one, like it felt a lot better at the time. I think. Um, Misha Tate, Misha Tate twice. Misha um, Tate twice is big in Kat Zingano's big. Kat Zingano, uh, Sarah McMahon was good at the time. But yeah, uh, but, but that's the thing is like we're we're when we're talking about some of the people she beat, we're not saying was like one of the greats. We're saying like was good at the time. But I guess then again, yeah. Holly Holm doesn't have a lot of those either, right? Like, all of her – like, her big win is Ronda Rousey, right? And as far as her yeah. resume goes, like, her best win outside of that is, like, maybe Raquel Pennington, um, who Rousey beat anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, she beat Raquel Pennington twice. Yeah, like, maybe maybe Ronda's record is better than Holly's, and it's weird to, like, put her at four ahead of Holly when Holly, you know, knocked her out and began the descent that we all – um, not we all, like most fans like write off Ronda Rousey for what happened there, which I don't, I don't think is fair. Um, yeah, maybe I, I'll, I'll let you change my list here after I change okay. it and we'll do, uh, Shevchenko, then Cyborg, then Rousey, then, yeah. then, then, then home. probably home or like home or then, uh, I also have on my list. I also have as possibly as Joanna. I also have Rose. What do you think of those two? So I think, I, I think if you're going to put one of them in there, it's got to be Rose. Yeah. Like, yeah. Joanna like, was a champ for a long time, though. Yeah, but, like, again, 
let's let's look at what Rose Namajunas has done in terms of her resume. Actually, you know what? The more and more I think about it, Rose might have a better resume <laughs> than Ronda Rousey. All right. Because let's take, let's let, take let me let me let me give you let me. So this is just off the top of my head. She's got wins over every women's strawweight champion that's ever existed, other than Carla Esparza. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. Because she beat Weili Zhang twice. Joanna Janjacek twice, and Jessica Andrade one out of two times. Yeah. Like, she just – she's beaten all the champs. She's got that, yeah. like, that Amanda Nunes thing. Now, granted, she does have the loss to Jessica Andrade. She does have, like, the early career loss to Carla Esparza. But, like – Tisha Torres. Yeah, that was – Kowalski Wits. Did she lose to her in Invicta, yeah. Tisha Torres? Um, yeah, she lost – her third fight, she lost to Tisha Torres. But she, she avenged that one, too, though. Um, yeah. So fourth fight, she lost to Carla, and then she lost to Carolina in the UFC. So yeah, I think I would probably even put her in front of Rousey at this point. Yeah, like yeah, she's possibly. Probably, probably still behind Cyborg, although probably pushing Cyborg too. Um, There's still time. She's young. And, and, and she yeah, just got the belt back. That's the other thing too. Is like she could go on a run right now that would just, you know, just absolutely blow people away if she gets the revenge over Carla Esparza. Um, and then beat somebody like Marina Rodriguez and like, I, I mean, like it's all right there. Whereas, you know, Joanna did get beat by her twice and like, yep. you know, what's Joanna's best wins other than that? Like, well, Joanna went on a really good tear though. She, uh, Claudia Gadelia, then Carla Esparza, Justin like Penny, and eh. Valerie Letourneau and eh. Claudia Gadelia. Good. Carolina. She was good. At she the almost time. lost those. Andrade, Claudia Gadelia and, too though. Yeah. But but that was it. That was a very good run. But then it pretty much ended. Rose beat her twice. She beat Tisha Torres, and she lost to Shevchenko. And Willie Zhang. She beat yeah. She beat Waterson, and then she lost to Willie Zhang, and then she retired apparently because we haven't uh, seen her since. So they did take her out of the official rankings. Uh, oh yeah, like, my goodness. Like I don't know that any part of like what I've seen from her makes me think that like you know like her really good win over Jessica Andrade by decision makes me like say we need to list her higher than Rose, who beat her twice. Um, you know, like, Rose has got a better resume. She beat more champs than her, um, including her. So, uh, yeah. Where's Rousey, then? I think I'm going to go Rose. I, I think yeah. the the ability to beat all of those champs, whereas, you know, like, e- even if you said, you know, Rousey beating Misha Tate is impressive twice, Rose beat Ioana Janjicek, who we're talking about putting on this list twice. Um, and then also beat Wei Li Zhang twice. Uh, so like, yeah, I, I think that probably tips it for Rose. So, uh, I think, I think my top five at this point would be, um, Nunes, Shevchenko, Cyborg, Rose, Ronda. Yep. Um, and then obviously like without, uh, actually getting into like the fact that we completely do not talk about women's MMA before it actually started getting popular. Um, like, shout-outs to yeah. all of the, like, amazing pioneers who we, like, forget in all of this. Um, people like Marlos Conan, who I think was just doing things at a level that nobody knew about at that time. Yeah. Like, she's a fucking legend of this sport. If you haven't seen Marlos Conan fight, like, find some footage of her fighting when she was, like, you know, in her 20s. She was amazing. Um, so yeah. Marlos Conan. Uh, also, shout out to Jennifer Howe. A lot of people won't know the name Jennifer Howe. Uh, I had somebody describe her to me 
as like the Fedor of women's MMA that she was like undefeated and nobody had heard of her because she was just like fighting on the Utah regional circuit. She's now married to Jeremy Gumby Horn, I believe. Um, Gumby. Or at least dating him uh, for an extended period of time. But she was like an absolute fucking killer back in the day. So uh, They just broke up, actually, Dan. They broke up two weeks ago. <laughs> I just heard the news. That's, that's not nice. Uh, but yeah, like she... How about she, she Sarah Kaufman? Can, can we give a Canadian yeah, shout-out? Yeah, and I, I think we did earlier in this, not in this show, yep. like years ago. Sarah Kaufman's yep. record is like low-key amazing. I mean, like she's not... I don't think she's, like, the same as what I'm talking about with these other two who are, like, famous. Like, would have been famous had the sport been big at the time. Like, Kaufman at least made it to that time. She fought this past weekend. Am I wrong? She, yeah, she fought by my – well, not fairly close to my house, St. Catharines. So, yeah, over by Niagara Falls she fought. I and didn't she realize fought, that. But she, she, fought a, she fought a Bellator last, yep. too, I believe, or yes. was in Bellator. Actually, that's a really funny story, too. Did you see what Bellator did in their rankings, like, uh, no. like a week before that fight happened? So she fought this girl named Jessica Miele, um, who who fought CES a couple of times around my neck of the woods. Um, so I know of her, and uh, she was ranked ninth in the Bellator's ranking system. And uh, when they went to post the rankings for the next week, she had already been booked with this fight with Sarah Kaufman for BTC, yeah. BTC whatever that is. They didn't take her out of the rankings, but they did move her up two spots to number seven. <laughs> so, it's weird uh, how that works, eh? Yeah, I'm assuming it was, like, some sort of mathematical error in their database that, like, sure, some sure. took them off. But, like, it was hilarious. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, no, to your point, uh, Sarah Kaufman, you know, like, was it still in her prime when she made it to the UFC? But like back in yep. Strike Force, she beat Liz Carmouche and Al- Alexis Davis. She fought multiple times. She she, she, knocked, she knocked out Roxanne Montfari. Yeah. Um, she Misha didn't Tate. lose. She didn't lose to the aforementioned uh, Marlos Conan though. She did. Um, who yep. again don't think gets enough credit. Um, nope. Who also beat you know beat. Sarah Kaufman and Liz Carmouche and uh, Roxanne Montefari back when Roxanne Montefari was a big name and like a whole bunch of like uh, um, Japanese names that you guys probably wouldn't know like Yuki Kondo and Megumi Yabashida. Like Megumi Yabashida is another one who kind of goes in that uh, book of people who are absolutely amazing women's pioneers that you should look up. She's fought like 7,000 times. And I think now her record's atrocious. Cause if I'm not mistaken, she's still fighting like a maniac or was, that's what happens if you stick around long enough. Yeah. She was as like as recently as like five years ago, despite the fact yeah. she's fought like 50 times, but um, another legend of the sport, Maguma, uh, um, Yabashita. Um, there you go. But, yeah. We're, there you go. There, there's we're, women's we're, we're thankful. We're thankful for women's MMA. There you go. That, that's that's our contribution to that. All right, let me uh, tell you about a couple other of our other of our other of our sure other of our sponsors. That'll work. Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free to play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bet hit, and even help raise money for charity along the way. They're the brand new company looking to grow their early adopter community. They got a slick app that's fun and easy to use. And one of the reasons we love to use it is that they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in some prop bets on Better Fantasy. Totally free to play. Download today for iPhone and Android. Check them out. Better Fantasy slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash SGPN. And Prize Picks. Have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Price Picks has the most NBA DFS prop games, has the best, excuse me, the best 
NBA DFS prop game on the market. They also offer more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage touchdowns to even interceptions thrown. All of you, all of users, SGPN users, that deposit and use our promo code SGP will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. so just make sure you use our code SGP. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players and over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. PricePix also allows mixed sport entries, so you can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PricePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com. Use promo code SGP. Get your 100% instant deposit match up to $100 or go to your App Store and download the app today. PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. Um, if we're going to talk about apps, SGPN app. Get it. It's our app. We're in the App Store. Google Play. Grab it. It gives you easy access to all our picks, our podcasts. And if you give us an app review, that would be super amazing. All right, we mentioned LeBron. What are, what are the uh, make some odds? Uh, LeBron James versus Isaiah Stewart in a uh, MMA fight. Go. I, I think you take LeBron based on the elbow, right? It looks like he's got some skills. No, it's, it's, it's Stewart's young, and he seems to be quite uh, angry. Uh, so I, I would take him. I think he. Um, and, see how many what, times he and, tried to break free. And from what we know about MMA too, is that whoever <laughs> seems the most angry always does mm-hmm. the best, right? Like they, yep. <laughs> yep. They always make smart moves. Yeah. Yeah. That, that right. never that never goes poorly for anybody. Yeah. I'm, well, I would take LeBron. All right. Fine. I, I might take you on that. Bet. He's also we, in, he's, he's also like. Not, not that every NBA player isn't, but yeah. like he's also in the most ridiculous shape out of any human being I've ever seen. I think. Yeah, he's um, one of the most freakish athletes you ever. I mean, see. he's he's yeah. the reason, and this isn't a basketball podcast, so I won't get too into it. It's, <laughs> it's the reason why it's normal to have like a six eight guard now, right? Like a six yeah. eight point guard, because that's what he is. He's a six eight point guard. He's he not like, just six eight. He's like two hundred and fifty pounds or something yeah. too. He's yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's a, he's freaky. So uh, yeah, so I, I would say I'm still taking him. Um, he's he. I would take him in just about any sport. There you go. We've been we've been talking a long time already. How, how long were we talking before we started recording? Do you remember? It so says I, we've been I have our minutes. I have our time uh, on on the actual podcast right now. Forty nine minutes. All right. Maybe maybe we'll do like half of the next feature because it's uh, and then maybe we can finish it up next. Next uh, podcast. I know one of the reasons people listen is to hear us plan on the air and to take long dead air pauses while we look things up on the internet. So don't want to don't want to um, let you people down by uh, having this plan off air. So um, Dan thought it was a good idea. Um, of course, this spur uh, this is brought on by a super fan John question. Um, Dan thought it'd be a good idea to give you guys a little look-see into some fighters, unknown fighters, like under-the-radar fighters in each UFC weight class that are worth keeping an eye on and therefore maybe someone that you can get a juicy line on before the general public, the, the filthy common casuals, uh, can stick their claws into these people and and uh, drive the number in the wrong direction. So Dan, uh, the fighter in question that um, – John wants to know about, and of course Dan knows about it, is what, Mohamed Mokayev? Is that how you Mo- Mokayev, him? yeah. Mokayev. So he is the, is he flyweight? Am I right or not? Yeah, he's flyweight. Okay. So let's start in flyweights. Tell us about this Mohamed Mokayev guy. Why have I heard so much about him? He's 6-0-1, I think, uh, mostly fighting in Brave FC. Is that right? 
Yeah, so he fought, he fought in Brave FC, and you're right. He's 5-0-1, which, uh, you know, for a lot of people is uh, uh, an alarm bell, right? Like, he hasn't fought very much. Uh, right. you, know, you mentioned four bouts in Brave FC, including the no contest, which he got. Um, it was due to a groin kick. Uh, and all of his other wins are really good, including most recently beating Blaine O'Driscoll, who uh, people might know is like – he's a Bellator guy and was um, one of the top guys – out of SBG that maybe you probably haven't heard of. So, like, Mokayev is beating good competition in a good organization, but a lot of people are going to be like, ah, six fights, why should we care, right, about this guy That's coming over? Power. And, yes, so let me tell you, he's first of all, he's Dagestani, which is always a good time. Um, people, you'll know he's got good wrestling. He doesn't live in Dagestan. He is he is uh, emigrated to England, where he just received his citizenship and is trying to wrestle – um, in the Commonwealth Games, which is uh, England's version of, like, the mini Olympics that also includes Australia, I think. Yeah. Um, but but basically, it's like a mini version of the Olympics with, like, a limited number of countries. Uh, he's trying to – I don't know that we are uh, – The Canadian, I mean. Yeah, yeah. We were – Part of the did, I think, did you use, I think did you use the royal? Did you use the royal we there? We um, <laughs> we because you're you're uh, you're close enough. You, you border our. Uh, I, I our know the country. United States is not it, but anyway, he's no. he's close to qualifying for being a member of their wrestling team, and now that he has citizenship, he can do that. So he is an, a remarkable wrestler. The other thing is his record one thousand percent does not show how much experience he has. Not just because of the wrestling, but because it doesn't show the 22-fight amateur career that he had. He was 22-0 as an amateur. Um, how old is he? He's only 21, isn't he? Yeah, he was born in 2000. Um, wow. Which, okay. yeah, like already blows your mind. But, yes, he was 20 – actually, no, I take that back. He was 23-0 and on the regional circuit um, as an amateur, which includes a whole bunch of runs through the IMMAF which for people who don't know is like an amateur body of MMA that is basically trying to put together like an amateur Olympics just for MMA. Um, and their like goal is to like get it into the actual Olympics and stuff like that too. But they do a world championship and they do a European championship and an Asian championship and all kinds of things like that. And he like won a ton of those in like won a ton of fights in there. Like I think over half of his um, 23 fights were in IMAAF. Uh, and a lot of people are like, is – are, are those fights good? Do they have good competition? I will just give you that that's also where Manon Firo came from. So Manon Firo comes And loves him some Manon Firo. I'm surprised you didn't put her on your list. Yeah, I didn't put her on her list because she's getting the, <laughs> the props that she deserves. But, like, this dude is just, like, he has the experience. And people have been talking about him. And, you know, I, I know one of the guys who works for Brave CF, and he, he said that, like, this guy is the real deal. Like, I've seen him up in close and personal fighting. He is it. Um, and I'm excited to see him. I think he's going to trounce a bunch of dudes there. He also trains with the Hickman brothers, um, which, for people who don't know, are the guys who run Tiger Muay Thai. Um, although now I think they have a different name, Jim. I don't think it's Tiger Muay Thai anymore. But um, he's got good high-level striking now, too, coming along. And at only 21, it's super exciting. He's got some kind of beef with Jake Hadley where they, like, almost booked fights between him and Jake Hadley a whole bunch of times. Um, but this guy is the real deal. Like, when he gets posted, uh, like, if you see a line anywhere close to even on whatever fish they are going to feed him, um, or even somewhere in the negative twos or threes, like, just get on it. Because, like, he's going to be – like, there are probably top ten flyweights right now I'd still pick him against. 
Um, and they're going to feed him somebody to, to give him a showcase first. So get on, in on him as soon as you see a line posted. Yeah, and the flyweight division is um, deep enough now that they can actually give him some quote-unquote fishes. It's probably, looking at the rankings, uh, I run them, my MMA state, MMA-manifesto.com, and it looks like there's about – like in, in, into the 30s in, in the number of flyweights now in the division, so uh, there's should be plenty of guys that he can he can be fed. He, yeah, they he, they just nabbed hmm. a whole bunch for off of contender series too, right? Right, like, yeah, that too. Yep, that's where CJ awesome. Vergara came from, uh, who just yep. got beat by Ode Osbert. Like you could give him CJ Vergara, you you could yep. give him you know like heck, you could give him Francisco Figueredo who didn't look good or Victor Rodriguez or like somebody like that, and he just trounced them. Um, I'd love to see them give him Cody Durden. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he, yeah, he, he had some stuff to say about Cody Durden too. I think. So. Yeah, let's let's um, see if Cody Durden can send him back where he came from. Back to which might be difficult. Is it Britain? Is it uh, Dagestan? Where do you send him? Where he, do you he, buy the plane? He ticket? lives in England now, so I would say um, you, you're. But that's not gonna where he came him. from. Cody though. Cody Durden's not going to send him anywhere. So I will assure you that <laughs> if they book this dude with Cody Durden, uh, you could also book a hospital stay for Cody Durden. It's funny, Cody. Uh, Cody Colby, maybe it's the name thing. <laughs> I maybe not, now you're gonna out. get me seeing if I can think of anybody who's like Cody Garbrandt's kind of eh. He, he hasn't done anything horrible, but he's kind of you no, know he's, he's got a fight coming up. I'm pretty excited. I'm about sure it. he does. <laughs> I can't wait to see that happen. All right, so that's the flyweight we should keep an eye on. Um, but why don't we stay on the women's tip since we've been talking about women fighters so much? Do you have a women's strawweight under the radar fighter that maybe this could be like a keep an eye on in 2022 type of thing. Yeah, the the women's strawweight fighter who I have penciled in to keep an eye on is Ariane Carnalosi. I think not yeah. enough people – I think she's one of those people that ca- people kind of like wrote off after her UFC debut. Um, if you don't remember her UFC debut, she got beat by Angela Hill, um, and she took the fight on very no short shame notice. That. Yeah, but she also took the fight on very short notice yeah. and was semi-competitive in the fight and only lost due to a doctor's stoppage when she got her eye, like a uh, cut over her eye. Um, Had it gone to judges' decisions, I still think Angela Hill was winning, but, like, it's interesting that she, that's, like, how it ended. Since then, she knocked out Na Liang, who I was actually pretty high on going into that fight. I know I picked Na Liang. We probably picked her. (laughs) Yeah, I'm positive I did. Um, And then beat the hell out of Estella Nunes recently, she, so she's, like, come and gotten two finishes since then. She, I mean, she had two years off after the Angela Hill fight, um, picked up two wins in 2021. I think she's, like, nipping at the edge of the top 15 right now with, without people re- even realizing kind of how good she is. She's kind of got that, like, um, um, Jessica Andrade build slash punches. Like, she's a big, heavy puncher and, like, very stocky even for, for straw weight. So... I'm excited to see how that continues to play, and I think more people should be talking about how good Ariane Carnalosi is. She's 29, so uh, she just turned 29 last week, a week ago today, actually. Happy birthday. So the time is pretty much now for her, right? Got to get moving on that. Although I will say this. I I think so so often we talk about how age works in MMA, right? Especially on the men's side, right? Because the smaller you are, the less time you have. The big heavy guys can fight until they're 45, but like, I don't think there's enough, I don't know that there's enough history in women's MMA that I really know where their peak is. That's true. Um, like the, the, when you think about how small the sample size is that there has been like a collection of women all fighting 
at the highest level in the same place. You know, like I mentioned yep. all those names before, those Marlos Konens and, and Megumi Yabashidas and things like that. Um, all of them fought in, like, weird different organizations and fought bums half the time, and we, like, didn't quite know who actually was great unless they fought each other. And I think the now that we have them all in one place, which has only been – I mean, when did Rousey debut? Like, 2012 or 13? Um, yeah. But, like, we've only had it for 10 years, and, like, we still do have, like, older women at the top of the sport, right? Like, Lauren Murphy just got a title shot. She's not young. Yeah. You know, in – in I mean, Amanda Nunes is not super young, and she seems to be hitting her stride now. So, yeah, like, I, I do I think that, like, she she does need to make moves in 2022 to have, like, a, a real impressive career? Probably. But, like, also, I don't know when, like, peak women MMA is. Um, and if it's different between the weight classes, I, I think the jury's kind of still out on that. No, good point. Who's the Japanese fighter you keep talking about? Megumi you- Yabashita. Okay, yeah, I think I might order that for dinner tonight. <laughs> Don't you think? I I maybe, maybe rent some rent some videotapes from the place too. That was a Chinese restaurant actually. You used to get videotapes from. Yeah. Call back. Our, the yeah, there was a there was a place where you could get those two things in the same place in in the town <laughs> around me. The red the red apple. Shout out to the red apple. <laughs> Shout out red apple. All right, so let's draw weight. Um, and these are shallow enough weight classes too that these people Dan mentioned could very quickly. Uh, jump up the rankings. All right, uh, flyweight, bit more deeper. Who's your flyweight? There's quite a lot of young fighters in flyweight that you could choose from. Yeah, and I didn't want to pick Manolo Firo because, like, I think the UFC is doing just a fine job educating yep. people about who Manolo Firo is. already now. ranked and everything, and, yeah. And, like, if you hit me uh, with this question a year ago, I would have brought her name up, and it would have been yep. a shock to people. The one who I really think deserves way more publicity than she's currently getting is Erin Blanchfields. Um, she's only 21 years old. Um, yep. And she is absolutely positively an amazing grappler. Um, I hate the way they booked her for her next fight. Yep. Um, it, it's like, I noticed, but still. It, it's such a fucking bummer. It's not, well, I mean, yeah, like, I guess it's short notice for her opponent. She was originally supposed to kill Macy Barber for me. Um, Damn, which I was I, very happy about that. Yeah, I was, I was quite appreciative that she was going to do such a thing. Um, and no, then Barber, Montana De La Rosa, actually. She was supposed to fight Montana De La Rosa first, and then Macy Barber. Oh, I didn't even know that Montana De La Rosa was in there. But, yes, she was no, I think so. Or, or no, no, it was Barber versus De La Rosa, then Blanchfield's filling in for De La Rosa. Now, now Maverick, Maverick filling in for, is filling uh, in for Barber. So the original, like fight was, the original fight was Barber De La Rosa, and now it's Blanchfield so. Maverick. Uh, Obviously, yeah, naturally. And I, I hate that that happened because they're both, yeah. like, young, fun prospects. And, and I think Miranda Maverick's got a bright future, too. But, like, I really like Aaron Blanchfield's grappling. Like at 17 years old, she won an Eddie Bravo Invitational, um, which is just crazy to think about. Because Eddie Bravo Invitationals, for those who don't follow the grappling world closely, they're not the highest competition. They're not like Abu Dhabi's or they're not like, you know, a world championship. But they like invite 16 absolute killers of whatever division they're looking at. And she went in there and not only just like, won the the competition with 16 amazing flyweights but she beat like black belts on the way in like notable names that you would have heard of before if you followed the sport of grappling so i think her jujitsu is just going to carry her so far um i mean she brutalized sarah alper in her first fight she's beaten Kay hansen before already and victoria leonardo who are both in the ufc so like 
she had high level competition before even coming to the UFC. I'm souped to see what she can do next. Um, and I think more people should be talking about her as like the up and comer. Um, and people just don't do that right now with Blanchfield because there are so many like I mean they're they're the Talia Santoses of the division that that need talking about as well. Yeah, her only career loss was to Superfan Jong's girlfriend, Tracy Cortez. That was and that was a split decision loss. But. Yeah, and if I remember correctly too, that's an Invicta fight. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I scored yeah. that for Blanchfield. But ne- nevertheless, well, that's all that matters then, right? Ne- nevertheless, my revisionist history is giving Tracy Cortez an extra loss, and Jong can just live with that. Yeah. <laughs> Miranda uh, Miranda Maverick, I think, is going to beat Blanchfield. What do you think of that? I don't agree with you. I'll take oh, well, yeah. Lots of see I, the line come out, right? Yeah, I, I think the line is already out. I will put yeah. the uh, I'll put the intern on that, and I will tell you about how much money I'm going to win when I take Aaron Blanchfield in is that in two weeks. Oh, so you can catch – oh, it doesn't matter. You're not going to catch up this year for me, so fine. You can have a win. De- December 11th is the date. Do you want to guess right. the line? <sighs> close to a pick It's pretty close, yeah. It's yeah. um, it's Miranda Maverick, negative 135, and Blanchfield plus – minus 120, okay. Blanchfield plus 115. All um, right, you get that so, plus money, dude. Yeah, so th- I mean, but that's my point, though, is like – we're that high on Maverick, and she arguably just beat Macy Barber. Um, like, nah, there's no reason. The Macy Barber. There's no reason to score that fight for Macy. <laughs> you have to. Be this is idiot. not. This is not that kind of podcast. This is not you, a Macy Barber you're, podcast. You're, you're an idiot if you scored that fight for Macy <laughs> oh, Barber. Uh, I will. Yeah. And um, but like we are that high on Miranda Maverick, and I'm still. We're still here talking about how it's nearly even money, and one of us would take Aaron Blanchfield at, at, <laughs> if she's younger than than Miranda Maverick. Yeah, which is which is wild. All right, women's featherweight slash bantamweight. I'll let you do. I'll let you do them combined. <laughs> so this one has got two people in it. This one was really hard for me. Um, yep. I was trying to find somebody who like people would not have heard of. Um, I was trying to pick people who were not ranked and like people probably wouldn't be giving enough hype to. Um, the the name Jessica Rose Clark stuck out to me, but she like does such a good job of hyping herself. But like she seems to be filling yeah. into the 135 pound class. So I didn't pick her because like everybody knows who she is at this point. Yeah. Who I did wind up picking was Carol Rosa. Um, who I don't think Ooh, enough people yes. talk about Carol Rosa. One she is, in the UFC. She is ranked, but she's four zero in the UFC and only ranked 14th. Um, which seems and wild. Hosa, is it not? Oh God, it's probably Hosa. Try <laughs> Carol. Keho. It's probably Keho Hosa. No, I'm gonna Ke-ho-hosa. go. It's Car- It's still Carol, but it's Carol Hosa. Um. It's so, Carolyn yeah. Ro- Hosa Cavido, actually, but go ahead. Yeah, so <laughs> Hosa, uh, she's 4-0 <laughs> in the UFC, and she just got yeah. done beating the hell out of Betch Cohea, um, which, you know, at this point in time, what's a win over Betch Cohea? But yeah, Cohea missed weight, though. She, yep, um, and she's Vanessa fighting. Mello she beat. Vanessa Mello beat a missed weight huge, so she's beating people bigger than her. Yeah, and, and she beat she be Laura Procopio, too, which in retrospect is a nice-looking win. She was booked with Julia Avila like a dozen times, and I would have really liked to have seen that fight. She's been booked with Sajara Eubanks, but that fight got canceled twice. Um, so she hasn't had, like, the big names, which is probably the reason why nobody's talking about her. But damn, she did she look good against Betch Cohea. So, yeah, I like Rosa or Hosa, and she's fighting Sarah McMahon uh, in March, it looks like. Oh, um, which will, Which would be nice to, like – it would be nice to see her against what like a high level opponent like that. I, I think in a division that has almost no sleepers because pretty much everybody has to be ranked. Yep. Um, like she she's like an interesting person to keep an eye on. All right, bantamweight where there's like 
10 million fighters. Uh, good luck picking one out of here. But uh, we already did flyweight, so we we can skip over that. But yeah, bantamweight. Like I said, I, there's like 80 fighters for real in that. I went with a I went with a person in this one. So a lot of these I went with people who were or virtual unknowns or like you've never heard of. But there are like one or two divisions where I, I just pick somebody who is like knocking on the door of the top 15, and I feel like they're probably like. 80% of the MMA watching population still probably couldn't pick them out of a crowd. Um, casuals, filthy yeah, casuals. Well, and, and not even filthy, filthy casuals, but maybe people no. who just don't, you know, have the roster memorized and realize how good these people are. But Nate Manis is the name that stuck out to me at Bantamweight that, like, yep. people just don't talk about enough. He's 3-0 and in the UFC, um, yep. And he's beaten three really good people. He beat Johnny Munoz, Luke Sanders, and Tony Gravely and finished the last two. He beat Jesse Arnett on the regional circuit, who's a, a former UFC guy. Like, he is just damn good. Um, with the exception of, like, one weird fluke knockout when you fought one time in Canada, he's undefeated. His wrestling is really good, but also his hands are really good, and they've come around quick. Um, he like fights kind of long for his division. He is five foot ten, uh, which is you know fairly big for a bantamweight. Um, and, and he's like he's just like a gritty dude. Like Tony Gravely hit him so damn hard, and he just walked through a lot of it. So uh, I think Nate Manis is like low key like a, a threat to beat some ranked bantamweights. Um, like like if he was like I wouldn't maybe pick him over like Adrian Yanez or anything like that because Adrian Yanez is a guy who you know again wouldn't pick him and put him on this list because he's getting all the publicity he needs. Yep. But like if Nate Manis fought Marlon Vera or Sonya Dong or Rafael Sunsau, I might like have to sit and think about whether or not I would pick the like famous ranked guy or I would pick Nate Manis. Um, and that just shows you like, how how good he is in a sense that, like, but we're still not talking about him. Um, so, yeah, uh, Nate Manis is a guy who I think we should all talk about more. And and he's got a lot of good uh, championships on his resume also. Oh, Hard, Rock, Hard Rock MMA, TKO Major League MMA, Warrior FC, and the Bluegrass Brawl. The, the Bluegrass <laughs> Brawl title. That's, yep. That's all you need to know, really. And he's got an amazing name, too. Joseph K.Y., Nathaniel Manis. Interesting, eh? K-Y goes, is the middle name. But he goes by Nathaniel's name. Nathaniel's his third. Yes, very interesting. Absolutely All right, much. let me uh, tell you about Sobat. I don't want to forget about them. Uh, since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches. So basically, Dan, I'm picturing. Tossing bets around in a speakeasy. Sobat has taken the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. Sobat is changing the game with their new product. Head over to Sobat.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning free web application, you can access a demo of their app, which will launch next fall. This app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place odds, Sorry, place bets off Las Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want, as long as somebody's on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with Sobet. Go to Sobet.io. That's S-O-B-E-T dot I-O today and join the revolution. All right. Should we – how much time have we been talking? Should we keep going or should we save 
save the rest for next episode. What let's, do you think? Let's, let's give him one more. Okay, featherweight. Who you got in featherweight? Featherweight, I went with, and mostly this is why I wanted to do one more too, because well, I've got ones for every other division. I wanted to talk about Melsic Bogdasarian. Um, yep. Like we, we've talked about him a couple of times in the show because he's fought a mm-hmm. couple of times. Nobody goes under the radar here because we literally talk about every single UFC fight that happens. Every single fight. But Melsic Bogdasarian, right most of the time. Go we've got Melsic Bogdasarian right twice because he's yep. damn good. You know, like he's he's really good, and we know he's really good. But he's only fought Colin Anglin and Bruno Souza. Bruno Souza, late replacement, um, which was kind of disappointing. And both of them being like, you know, distance range kickboxers kind of gave each other too much credit and wound up like not engaging all that much, which would wound up being really boring. But Melsic Bakhtasarian is like a very good kickboxer, which people have known for years. Like he's a very good kickboxer. And he was an underdog on the Contender Series in 2020. Um, like you could get him at underdog odds for a Contender Series. Because most people thought that he was not going to be able to deal with the wrestler he was fighting, which was Dennis Bazooka. Um, And, like, the problem with that assumption was we hadn't seen anybody try to wrestle Melsic Bogdasarian, and he dealt with the wrestling incredibly well. Uh, And he continues to deal with the wrestling incredibly well. So, for me, as far as Melsic Bogdasarian is concerned, like, he is a guy who... I think people have written off because his last performance was boring and we're not sure whether or not he can consistently defend the wrestling, but like he's shown he kind of can and he's got crazy knockout power. Um, and, and again, that division stacked, you could talk about 30 people kind of like Nate Manis who are just outside of the rankings and Melsig Bagdasarian is not that he's not just barely out of the rankings. He's got a lot of work to do, but he's a name that you should keep an eye on because if he shows that he can stuff wrestlers, there aren't a lot of people who are going to want to stand and trade with this dude. No. Professional boxer, professional championship kickboxer. So, um, yeah, definitely a tough dude, and we've we've uh, made some money off of him with our picks so far. So, All right, so we'll put a pin in it there. On Sunday, we'll come back. Lightweight, welterweight, middleweight, light heavyweight, heavyweight. Heavyweights can be interesting. Actually, heavyweight would have been more interesting a few years ago. Now there actually is some some decent up-and-coming guys. Um there's not a lot, though. I looked at it. No, I was kind of bummed out by the list, uh, and then I, I – maybe I'll change it by Sunday. But I, I wound up picking somebody who I think a lot of people will have known of anyway. He's more like in the Nate Manis category than in the Melsic Bogdasarian one. Tanner Bozer. Did you see the Tanner Bozer news that came out recently? Oh, my God. I'm so glad you brought this up. This yes. is a great You spot want to talk to about end. it? This is a great, spo- great spot to end the podcast. We can talk about <laughs> it for like three minutes. That meme is him. It's actually yes. him. So for those of you who did not see his post on Twitter, first of all, I suggest going back and reading it because there's this this post of like a whole bunch of like three kids in like like tap out era shirts. I think one's the Rule Your Universe, RYU uh, is the name of the company yep. that used to be popular in like the early 2000s for people who were in MMA. But they're like just like decked out in like early 2000s, late 90s MMA looking gear and they're, each of them has, like, an MMA glove on, but they're clearly, like, not going to train anywhere. And they're these three kind of chunky kids. And this meme has existed for years and years and years and years. And it's always, like, got a caption, like, uh, you know, I've got my black belt in UFC or um, I learned Muay Thai under the Gracies or, like, you know, like it, it's always something where they're, like, they're, they're calling these kids out for being, like, posers and not yes. real 
And one of them's Tanner Bolser, UFC heavyweight <laughs> yep. Tanner Bolser. And he 19 just, like, years old at the time. He just revealed it to be himself. And I don't know if you heard this either. <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw the follow-up, Jeff, so maybe I'm, I'm giving you this information. But he also revealed the kid in the middle now. Yeah. Uh, so he's the one all the way to the left. The kid in the middle is yeah. his brother. Right, yeah. Who is a yep. purple belt in jiu-jitsu and 1-0 in MMA. Yeah. Um, and then the other guy is, like, the lead singer of, like, a, a famous – Or a metal – a drummer or something, yeah. Semi, yeah, or semi-famous metal band. Um, so, like, <laughs> they, it's funny because this meme has been around forever, and everybody's seen it and used it to, like, point out, like, what a poser would say. But it's like they're not even posers. They're like yeah. they're real MMA fighters in the end of the day. <laughs> it is just so cool that he like after all of these years of it existing and him knowing it's out there, just like yeah. revealed it to be himself. Like chose this to be the time. I freaking love it. It's one more reason to love Tanner Bowser. Yep. There you go. Um, all right. So we'll come back on Sunday. Oh yeah, we're actually gonna give you some some bets on Sunday, right? We're going to give you bets for Bellator two seventy two, which is a card that you're quite excited about, right? Um, it's, it's one of, it's a Bellator card that I will say I'm not bummed about the matchmaking and that's enough to say, yes, I'm excited about it. <laughs> the main event is for the Bantamweight Championship, Sergio Pettis versus former champ who never lost his title, right? He got injured. Just, he, relin- he relinquished it willingly. Kyoji Horaguchi. So we'll give you picks for that. Uh, we got Kai Kamaka, the thirds on there, former UFC fighter. Emmanuel Sanchez versus Jeremy Kennedy. So JJ Wilson, Alfie Davis. So we can give you some some picks for that. Uh, do you want to give any picks out for LFA one nineteen? Uh, do you think or not? It's for the middleweight them. championship. Josh Silveira versus Jared Rebel is the main event for the middleweight championship, and then the co-main event is for the bantamweight championship. Rick, so I'd, I'd be down to Palencia. give out picks. I'd be down to give out picks on Sunday if the lines come out. But as we proved okay. last time, when I try to jump the gun and give LFA <laughs> odds out beforehand, I'm like, this will probably be close to an even fight, and they like book one guy as negative 400, and then that's the guy I pick, and yeah. then I feel like an idiot because I'm like, don't bet on. It. I just said it's close to a coin flip, and the guy I picked is negative 400. So I, I prefer not to give them out without the lines. Um, if you but but Bellator's got lines out already. A whole bunch of books have listed lines for pretty much every fight on there. So I will have uh, my research done and ready to give them uh, you some good picks. Good, and I guess we should probably go because Dan's kids are tearing his house apart. I can hear it. They're going crazy <laughs> in the background, Dan. They, I, I can hear them upstairs. They're clearly getting into something. So <laughs> or, or or maybe maybe you want to stay on the air a little bit longer. Then. <laughs> let let mommy take care of it. All right. Um, like I said, Sunday we'll be back. Happy Thanksgiving to all you filthy Americans that are listening. Uh, until then, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Jeff Fox writer. He's Gumby Vreeland. If you have any other topics or questions you would like to hear covered, maybe not necessarily on Sunday show, but we got some other. Uh, dead UFC weeks coming up around uh, the Christmas holidays end of the year so hit us up on Twitter or hit us in the SGPN Slack channel in the fight channel we're always in there chatting about fighting normally um, you can hit us up in there also um, reader stuff sportsgamblingpodcast.com and mma-manifesto.com yes that is it so until Sunday I will remain Juicy Jeff Fox he will remain Daniel Gumby Vreeland and we'll talk to you then bye